Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. Alright, what's up everybody, and welcome to episode number 187 on the motherfucking cop. Episode number 187 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Tuesday, May 26, 2020. I'm here with Mike. The quarantine is still kind of happening. I'm still out of work, I know that much. Well, I am too. Like, I, I have not worked for the past couple weeks. So, and there is no, I don't know anything about us opening up again. I've looked up something online that says that Clark County might be going into phase two of, of a reopening in June, but the recent news of some, uh, food processing plant having like 46 different positive tests, that doesn't really bode well for that. So, uh, it's just a whole bunch of wait and see yeah, it's um, really frustrating because, yeah. you know, <clears throat> I'm my mom's having to help me pay my rent going into this next month. So June mm. is going to be a very decisive month for me as far as what I'm going to do for employment, because if the bars ain't opening anytime, do you it, still have that uh, wedding gig? Uh, I mean, I still do weddings, but the shit, I mean, all the weddings that I was going to do have been canceled. Oh, so even that one that you thought, you know, was going to Oh, the, go, yeah, the one that we go. booked our tour around. Oh, yeah, that one's that one's canceled. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I mean, if everything went according to plan, we would be leaving for tour like Thursday, I think, or or Friday. Yeah. Man, it sucks. You know? Yeah, it really does. It it really does suck. Um, I've seen uh, stuff where people are doing weddings like just guerrilla style now. Like going into you know some location or whatever with their phone or whatever and recording it and having like one priest there and getting married and then posting it on Instagram or Facebook or whatever and then that's it. Yeah, I can see a lot of people not being down for that, which makes me happy because that means that they'll eventually want to DJ again. I think weddings. Yeah, uh, those those should oh, for sure. Those should start coming back. I would I would think soon because you know. And like you said, there was that that uh, bar that had like the the uh, porch or whatever was open. So I think uh, it it you know you will be opening faster because you're already far way farther ahead. Of, yeah, we're uh, we've been in phase um, two. Yeah, we're we're not even we're still in phase one, and I don't even know when phase two is going to happen, especially if people keep tested positive in my county so yeah <laughs> um but uh most folks know or um well I, I mean if you just joined us you would probably you probably you wouldn't necessarily think this is a podcast about unsolved mysteries uh you think it's a quarantine cast 
But anyway, uh, this is a podcast about Unsolved Mysteries, and we have a little bit something different this time around. We uh, decided to check out a episode of the infamous CBS uh, Unsolved Mysteries, which was co-hosted by uh, Virginia Madsen. So you have Robert Stack and Virginia Madsen, and a new theme, and uh, so on and so forth. But before we get into the cases, because we actually have three cases we're going to talk about. Yeah, we got a triple uh, threat for you. Uh, but anyway, I wanted to talk about my own kind of unsolved mystery, and it's kind of a, a it's a fraud, a potential fraud case. Um, so out of the blue, I think last uh, the uh, last weekend, sometime around uh, last week, I got a I got a bank card in the mail from a bank I'm not familiar with called i think it's called go bank and i was like what the hell is this i open it and i'm thinking like okay maybe it's just one of those like um, like the credit card companies that send you a card but like that you still have to sign up for it and all that all that jazz well this one it's a bank card and they said you know there's always different uh things in in the uh the mailer that says, hey, go to this website, put in this number, activate your account, da-da-da-da-da-da. And I looked up the the GoBank card, and I found out it was owned by this, uh, it was the Green Dot Banks, which I've heard are really shady. And I, I when I did a Google search, I found an article that talked about, uh, I think it was somewhere in Minneapolis or something, or Minnesota, where where people were getting these cards, these green uh, dot bank cards, and uh, they were from a, a banks bank accounts that could only be created if somebody had access to your personal information. So that was that was an eye opener for me. So I'm like, how the hell did somebody open this account? How did somebody get access to uh, my information to be able to uh, open this bank account? And so I went to the process of uh, freezing my credit in, in the different credit agencies, or at least made the attempt to do so. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to do that, folks. It's a pain in the ass because there was only one of these credit report companies on their website that w- things went smoothly. I think it was uh, Equifax. So only one thing, w- one of these credit reports did things go smoothly in terms of freezing my credit. Went to the other one and I answered all the questions that they gave me to the best of my ability. Some of them were asking questions about people I've never heard of. I don't know who any of these people are. And uh, of course, that makes you paranoid because you're like, why is this credit report thing Asking me about people I've never heard of, and uh, and other locations that I've never heard of before. So I answered none of the above on two of those questions, and then once I went through with that, the the credit report is like uh, it says, "Oh, sorry, uh, you didn't provide us enough information to prove your identity. Uh, you need to send us all of this extra stuff in the mail." And I'm like, what a pain in the ass. 
Then I went to the third credit report agency to freeze my credit. And this is the weirdest and just most annoying, dumb fucking thing I've ever seen on on a on any website that I've dealt with in in a long, long time. So I go to their portion of their site that, that enables you to freeze your credit report. And I put in my name. And every time I would put in my name, it would give me this error message that would say, uh, sorry, you can't use uh, numbers. You have to use letters in your in your first name. And I'm like, I'm not using any fucking numbers. <laughs> I'm just typing in my first name the way I always do on every other fucking website. And for some reason on this credit report agency site, they're doing this, oh, duh, you need, you have to use letters, not numbers. <laughs> and I, and I refreshed it. I, I, I cleaned out my cookies on my, on my, uh, my browser. I tried it numerous different times. I even tried to use my, the, the shorter version of my name, you know, Mike. And, and that still, you know, gave me the same error message. So I couldn't even attempt to even try to freeze my credit on that site because they kept giving me this stupid error message I've never seen before in my entire life. So that was incredibly frustrating. But I did get access to to my credit report uh, through uh, the what is it the free credit report thing? Credit card. So I got am I yeah uh, or free credit report or whatever. So I got my uh, credit report through that, and thankfully. There were no extra uh, accounts that were listed. Uh, there was no loans that had been approved that I didn't already know about. There was no other extra accounts that were connected to anything. So I'm like, what the hell happened? Like, how did this bank card come to exist? Who set it up? And I'm beginning to wonder if the bank themselves did it. Like they're getting uh, private information on the side <clears throat> that they're they're buying from certain places, and then they're just sending out these cards to people they think are low income, so that they can uh, hook them to set up an account with them, so they can charge them crazy high interest prices. That's 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 the best answer that I can come up with. Because the other one is somebody has that had you know has all my personal information. And set up an account, and uh, but I called the bank, Go Bank, and I got that taken care of really easily. Called them, said, you know, this is I did not set this up. Uh, uh, I didn't give them all my personal information. Uh, so I, I because in order to cancel it, th they had to ha get my la the last four of my social. So somebody either somebody got access to my social security number. Or they were doing it themselves. I don't know exactly what the case for sure, but I did set up a fraud alert with uh, one of the credit agencies just in case they'll let me know if anything you know weird is going on. But here's the thing: I don't, uh, I don't, I don't. Have you tried to do anything like this before, uh, Josh? Uh, that situation's never happened to me. I mean, I've gotten pre-approved for. Mm -hmm credit cards and shit but i've never had like an account opened i know for me it's crazy like that it's fucking crazy um and i checked my bank account and everything everything's secure everything's good i don't have my paypal secure everything i don't have any 
uh, new charges or anything like that that I know of. But uh, yeah, that was something that definitely you know took me aback, and I was like, "What? What the hell is this shit?" But I got it canceled. The, the account got canceled. There was nothing on it. There was nothing in the account. So uh, it, it was just a just a weird, bizarre, you know, uh, thing. And when I when I went to these websites, these credit reported websites, they all had these various different ways to like in order like, when you're trying to either freeze your account or you're trying to get access to your credit report. So there was one where I was trying to get access to my credit report, and they were asking these questions, and I'm like, I, that doesn't sound familiar. No, I don't know those, I don't know that, I don't know that. And then they're like, oh, you know, hey, here's your credit report. So I'm wondering if there are some of these websites that they deliberately have this false information on these questionnaires as like an extra fail safe for somebody who's trying to get access to your information or something. That's my guess. Yeah. I, but at the same time, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, why would you do that to people who are trying to freeze their credit or trying to figure out what's going on with something? Why would you give them an extra heart <laughs> attack with all this, <laughs> this fake information? I don't know. So, I, I hate all that shit. I, I hate like the whole password Mm -hmm. security questions like my fucking yeah. answers are never what i put before and mm -hmm. i don't remember what i put before and sometimes i think sometimes i literally think they just go in and change what my question yeah. my answer was because it's like okay it's like what city were you born in i type in you know jacksonville florida it's like that's incorrect it's like bitch i've this is the <laughs> only place i've ever lived what else would yeah. i have put yeah yeah, you know, so I, my my theory is that there's more people who have had their identity or you know personal information leaked to private lenders or other you know private you know uh, sellers or you know other crooks or whatever than 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 we might think. I think this is a more common thing than people realize. But thankfully, it seems like none of these loans or none of these other things have ever been approved. So I'm I'm. For, for for the time being, I'm doing all right, and my credit report still had it. It was still a good credit, so I don't. I don't. It's just a bizarre, fucking out of the blue thing that I don't necessarily have all the answers to. So it's kind of an un unsolved kind of fraud sort of thing, like an attempt, a fraud attempt uh, that 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 uh, it, that involves me. So it's uh, I'm gonna and, and you know definitely what? keep an eye on things. If unsolved That's mysteries, sure. if unsolved mysteries, if the show had made it to like season sixty four, I think they would finally cover your case. I think I think that's <laughs> I think that's a, about how long it would take them to they get. They would cover Go Bank. They'd be like they yeah, covered the Go Bank cards. That's about how long. That's about how much shit they'd have to run out of before they'd start uh, covering mysteries uh. like that. But you, you, I think you would have a chance. You know, if the show was on the air for like almost, you know, a hundred years, I think, I think yeah, yeah. your case could I, I know, get covered. I know. But uh, I just thought it was just this the story of the of the how much of a pain it was to freeze the credit. I thought that was that that was kind of uh worth uh mentioning to the listeners. Yeah. I mean uh, all the fucking things like I mean <laughs> The whole thing. You need to use letters, not numbers. Yeah, you think I don't know that? <laughs> yeah, but um, anyway, this is, uh, as Mike mentioned, a podcast about the Unsolved Mysteries show. Mm -hmm. Although sometimes there are personal Unsolved Mysteries in our own lives that 
can occur mm-hmm. and and baffle us. It it uh, baffles me how it's okay for restaurants to be open right now, but not bars. Well, Josh, that is pretty baffling. Josh, yeah, restaurants, food is an essential service, right? Well, you can make food at your house. You bars don't ha- have food too. Well, some bars don't. Some bars just serve alcohol. Yeah. But point being, restaurants are open when you can easily go to the grocery store, buy you a fucking chicken, and fry that up at home. You don't have to go to a restaurant. It's a luxury to be able to go to a restaurant, but those are allowed open. With bars, it's the same deal. You don't have to drink at a bar. You can drink at your house. But yet, restaurants get to be open and bars don't. So it's just kind of a, that's my unsolved mystery right well, now. Well, I think a lot of the restaurants have been uh, carry out only, right? Not so in I don't Florida. Think oh, okay. Nope, not in Florida. You can be, uh, uh, you can, you can have, uh, I think it's 50% capacity right now. That's phase phase two, oh, okay. and then phase three, I think, is 100% capacity. But, but bars are not included in 50% capacity yet. Nope. nope. That doesn't make any sense. Now, what some bars have been doing is, um, like, I went to one bar the other day, and as soon as we sat down, the lady's like, yeah, you have to buy a pack of pork rinds to sit at this table. You know, it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> that was their fucking workaround. Like you could either buy trail mix or pork rinds. Oh, but... wow. And and they had to sit you. You couldn't just walk in and like. Well, hey, I give them credit, you know, for being clever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're trying to Work hustle around, around the. But it, it, it literally was such a hassle because, like, as soon as I came in, they stopped me and they said, hey, you have to, sanit- you know, use this hand sanitizer. So or they like, have to oh. be, hey, you need to buy these pork rinds. It's like, yeah. but I, don't, I don't like pork rinds. Yeah, and, yeah and then it was, hey, you got to <laughs> buy the pork rinds. And then it was, hey, you know, you can't, uh, there was no smoking in there, which was fine for me. But, you know, a lot of other people I could, you know, because that, that place was like an infamous, like, smoke, like, everyone went there to smoke cigarettes. It was one of the last bars. Uh-huh where you could do that around this area. So basically like, it's like, yeah, they're working around it, but everything is still so inconvenient that I think a lot of people would just as well stay home still because it's like, geez, if I got to jump through all these hoops and then yeah, on top, I got to buy uh, pork rinds. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, it's only, you know, 50% capacity. So for that particular bar, I think the maximum capacity would be like maybe 50 or 60 people. So, uh-huh. you know, only 20 or, tw- or 30 people are allowed in at any given time. And everyone's wearing face masks. And it's just this weird alien landscape now that's just not even, not even near what it used to be. Well, it's yeah, like, I mean, probably when I go... If we open up again at my work, we're probably going to be required to wear masks. And so we'll be helping people wearing masks. Just blows my fucking mind that in January, like January and February this year, everyone was just literally like going about their fucking business like nothing was wrong and everything was cool. And then towards the end of February, you hear some grumblings of this covid thing i remember even that was a trivia question in one of my trivia games i said what is the technical name for coronavirus and i thought it was too hard of a question for most people because i was like ah, no one's gonna know this but you know a lot of people did know it was covid19 but some people didn't some people got it wrong that's how like fresh Mm -hmm. it, it just a few months ago how fresh it was 
And now it's like, you know, this this new kind of uh, reality that I refuse to use the phrase new norm. I fucking hate that phrase. It's so goddamn corny. <laughs> the new norm. <laughs> but yeah, man, I've fallen into this weird like semi depression lately. Like I'm just like my life is it consists of like has it been a lot of because you haven't been in in contact socially with a lot of you know people um, no it's more because i still i still go out and hang out with people and shit i mean it's not Mm. like large crowds or anything but you know i still like my my boss yeah my boss owns a bar and the patio is allowed to be open so there you know there at any given time there's like a total of maybe 15 to 20 people out there you know big fucking whoop but still it's like yeah, I don't know. I, 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 um, I'm getting to the point to where I just kind of want to go out and just kind of drink, you know, like I don't even want to. And that's not good. That's I know. I, good, I was man. like making fun of those people earlier in the quarantine. I'm like, oh, all these idiots who just are going out and, and, and solving their their quarantine boredom by getting drunk every day. You know, they should be like me and proactive. Well, you know what? Like, I'm kind of tired of my life routine i want to go back to you know working and making generating fucking money every week and having a fucking you know monetary purpose and you know our our, we're fucking our hands are tied anyway we look our band can't play shows really i mean Mm -hmm. we're trying to book a show at the end of june but i don't know how that's going to turn out and um we can't tour, you know, we can't, you know, we can't, it's like our yeah. hands are fucking tied as to what we can even do. And it's, I'm just fucking, I'm and just then you tired got the of whole, it. You know, your, your anxiety stuff like that. So you're, you're like, I don't want to drink too much. Cause I know how that makes me feel, but at yeah, the same time, there is, yeah, there is that too. I mean, that, that definitely plays into it. Like, I don't know, man. I'm just like, I, I'm really over this shit and it, it's just dragged on. And it's like, man, I would, we need, I would, uh, um, anytime you're kind of feeling like that, uh, you know, there's other stuff you like to do, right? Other than drink, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, I mean, but the, you, you can only play video games by yourself for so long. I mean, yeah, I it's, know, but... it's like, it's like, a, it's, it's like a summer vacation, right? Uh-huh. When you're, it's like a perfect comparison. When you're a teenager, you can't drive, you can't go anywhere, you know, you're stuck at home every day. At first, it's fucking great. And then it gets to a point to where you get fucking stir crazy. And you're like, okay, uh, by the time school was approaching, you were almost glad. Because it's like, now I can finally meet up with my friends yeah. and, like, get out of the house, you know? That's why and, it, was, it was really nice uh, to just visit with my aunt uh, recently. <clears throat> we just went over there and visited, and, and that was nice, you know, just to get out of the house and, and converse and, and be around, you know, other people, you know, in the family. So it's, I I feel you. I mean, I've been, I've had days where I've gotten a little stir crazy. My thing is I don't drink. I just sleep. I just, I just (laughs) want to sleep like all day. That's my thing. It's not a, it's not a, you know, an alcohol thing. It's, it's a sleep thing. It's just like, I don't want to, you know, I don't, you know, just want to stay up super late and then just sleep most of the day and then you know that's my thing all right so anyway let's talk about uh, some fucking mysteries of the unsolved yes, nature let's talk about some mysteries so first off though before we get to the mysteries let's talk about uh the mystery behind why cbs decided to change uh 
pretty much everything about the show other than maybe some ways that the segments were edited or shot and some of the background music and the propensity to use a particular kind of stock footage over and over again. Uh, and the fact that Robert Stack is still involved. But for some reason, um, they decided that they were going to uh, not only add a co-host in Virginia Madsen when they went to CBS. They changed the theme for uh, when, when Unsolved Mysteries moved over to CBS. And I, I, yeah. I knew they fucked around with the themes, but I wasn't... I don't know if I've heard this one that you're talking about. And so oh, it's it's pretty bad. Oh my god. What the fuck? <laughs> All the screaming in the background is so I know ear shattering. It's like uh -huh. nails on a chalkboard. Oh no. <laughs> I know. It's just blasphemy. Okay, Pure so alright. Blasphemy. Assuming that this is coming back in or whatever, I'm gonna edit it all together to where this is slicker than a fucking yes record. But anyway, yeah, so CBS changed their theme when the show moved to CBS they changed their theme for whatever reason. And um And yeah, that was that was bad. That wasn't as bad as the Farina uh new no. revamp theme no. it's because it still had a, a little bit of those old synthy elements in the background and, and there wasn't that shitty ass it was it was still guitar it was still trash yeah though. it's still fucking garbage compared to the the original theme yeah that, because they took out the original theme entirely it was almost as if it was just background music for an unsolved mysteries intro without the unsolved mysteries theme. Right. It's like who thought that was a good idea? And and what is up with the addition of Virginia Madsen? I didn't even know about this. In fact, on the box ultimate collection, any of the CBS episodes, they either edited her out or something, I don't know, but she Yeah, is they edited her out and they had stacked redo narration i think yeah i think that yeah i think they had him redo narration yeah because she is not i didn't know i i may sound like a dumbass here with mr unsolved mysteries expert but i didn't i didn't know anything about virginia madsen i mean we all knew keely shea smith but she was just in i had the, heard i had heard some things about virginia um i just had not seen any clips i hadn't seen anything um uh and uh Thankfully, uh, thankfully, we were able to uh, find access to these uh, CBS episodes. Some of the CBS episodes was Virginia Madsen and this just absolutely horrid uh, excuse for, for a theme or an intro to the show. Like, um, OK, I, I understand that she's like, oh, uh, uh, do, do we take the whole uh, CBS was going with the whole feminist diversity angle here? Uh, No. See, this is in the late 90s. And I it's, and Unsolved Mysteries had already kind of started the flag in the ratings. Uh, that's why it moved to CBS, because it was originally on NBC. And NBC was like, uh, you know, the ratings aren't really as good as they used to be. So they decided to uh, allow CBS to pick up the show. Um, CBS erroneously thought that a way to get more ratings is to add another co-host that was a somewhat well-known name at that point uh, in, in Virginia Madsen. Um, 
I've heard rumors that it was trying to appeal to a more female audience, but I don't get that because I, if I remember correctly, the show already had a pretty big female right. audience. Yeah, so I mean, that all, doesn't all, make yeah. that much sense to me that it was a move to get more women to watch the show. I don't know if women. I, I mean, I'm not a woman. I don't suspect that Mike's a woman, but I don't. I haven't actually ever seen his penis, so I don't have proof on that one way or the other. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't imagine that women like really give a sh- if they like a show. I don't imagine they give a shit one way or the other if the host is male or female. Well, I mean, Keely Shay Smith was on NBC some of the NBC uh, segments, and she didn't that really, didn't, she make didn't really the... add anything though. Like no, I, I, like no, no but and that, and that didn't people, add anything to the ratings. It didn't make the ratings better. Like, none of these so auxiliary members that they've tried to throw into the show throughout the years, they've never added shit. Like Farina, if anything, he took away. He took away from the legacy. Mm-hmm. But these these people like Keely Shay Smith and this Virginia Madsen. Virginia's uh, narration, it's like, dude, when you have Robert Stack's voice, why wouldn't you just be using that all the time? Because because in this episode, Virginia narrated two of the segments. Yeah, fuck you that. You only got half the stack. Half the stack. And that's that right there should have been on one of the protesting signs outside of CBS. <laughs> the half the stack... Give me my money back is what I would yeah, yeah, be saying to exactly. CBS. <laughs> Money back if only half the st- if we're only getting half the stack, like that's yeah. that's some bull crap. Um, but yeah, like that I, when I saw so I was like watching this segment through a means that shall not be named, but I'm watching it and I'm like, okay, I recognize these cases because these are on the ultimate uh, DVD box set that they released a few years ago that I'm one of the few people that mm-hmm. has. Um, I'm not bragging about that. I just have to remind new listeners who may not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but uh, I'm watching this. I'm like, okay, I, I recognize like all these cases. And then I'm like, who the fuck is this chick? Like, who is this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and then she starts narrating. And I'm like, what? What? Like, what What the fuck? Is, like, why? Why? That? That's like, sorry, I've been rewatching the OJ documentary. That's like if you're on the fucking bills back in like the fucking 80s. And you're not passing the ball to OJ because, oh, well, we got to give the other. No, OJ's winning. He's a winner. You mean, he's... you mean giving him the ball? Yeah. Because he's a running back, so you're not handing him the ball. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about football, so yeah. <laughs> Whatever you just said. It's like, no, you want to you wanna do the best. You want to make have the best product you can have, you know, that you don't. Mm-hmm. I, see, this is the problem with the whole, like. And it doesn't make sense if you're trying to get more ratings, but I guess maybe it's it's a ploy to. It's a it's a shot in the dark. By yeah, CBS. it was a it's shot in the dark. Like, it was a complete yeah. hail mary shot in the dark. Uh, you know, maybe a, a younger. Maybe they were trying to get a, more of a male audience because you know, yeah, younger, Virginia younger was, audience members. You know, Virginia Madsen uh, wasn't exactly uh, bad to look at. You know, she was a pretty no. attractive. And Virginia Madsen's actually a talented actress. So she was in Candyman, and uh, she's been in a few other films. So. It's not that she's not a completely untalented person or she has no personality at all. It's just, it's such an awkward thing to watch because, and I can see why uh, the producers are trying to erase this portion of Unsolved Mysteries, (laughs) but it's probably not necessarily something that uh, they have any control over. It might be Virginia who's like, I do not want to be associated it might be a contract thing i mean it might just be be as simple as that you know like like contractually 
uh, her her deal or with CBS. Her deal did not include uh, DVD, you know, uh, or VHS or streaming yeah, or any of that. Yeah, it didn't you know, include any of that. So you know, rebroadcasting. So it's like okay, um, if we want to, re- if you know, if I'm John and Terry and I'm wanting to release the uh, you know DVDs or whatever, I'm thinking like okay, well, we're, we're just gonna have to omit a few things. We're gonna have to admit uh, omit the. Uh, Virginia Madsen things. We're going to have to admit this, mm-hmm. that, and the other. Um, I don't think Keely Shea Smith was on any of the no box no. set stuff. And and here's the thing. And and she wasn't. On, she's not on Amazon either. Oh really? So oh wow. The, okay. I don't think so. That's interesting. She might be. She, she might be. I haven't watched some of those. Uh, that I haven't gotten that far back to those seasons yet. But I know Virginia is not. Um, we got to get, get, get Chris Rogers on this podcast. That's who the fuck we need on this podcast. Yeah, like yeah. For all, answer all. So the with questions. Virginia Madsen, she just didn't have any of the same presence that Robert Stack does. It's like not even close. She's not none of the same mysteriousness, none of the same uh, kind of. Uh, I'm not. I'm trying to think of the right word because uh, there there is a little bit of a sinister kind of vibe. In some ways, to 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 stack. I honestly, and there, was, there was none of that I, with Virginia. Yeah, Madsen. I mean, yeah, yeah, I don't know. You, you don't. You, there's. She so, looked like she was reading from a teleprompter most yeah, of the like time. Yeah, like a news anchor or camera. something. And when she's doing the narration, there's none of the panache. There's none of the the uh, you know charisma that 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 Robert Stack brought to the to the narrating. There's none of that. It was very uh, one note. Very one note in terms of the. I I felt myself getting tired and almost falling asleep listening to her narration. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't good. It didn't add anything. It detracted. No. It's again, if you do, if you have Robert Stack at the ready to use, why the fuck would you not use that voice to narrate your show or to to uh int- you know? Well, especially unsolved mysteries. That's what the the you know the identity of the show in a lot of ways is Robert Stack. Yeah, right. So anyway, on this particular uh, episode, we're going to be talking about three cases and mm-hmm. um, kind of going in order Tri- here. Triple threat match. Yeah, and we're already, so anyway. we're already at an hour. <laughs> A lot of this is probably going to be edited down, but you know, yeah. as far as real but, time So here. the first case is uh, for Amy Betchel. Uh, and on July 24th, 1997, 24-year-old Amy Betchel went for a run among the tall trees of the Shoshone National Forest near Lander, Wyoming, and vanished. As police began to suspect foul play, Amy's husband, Steve, became a key suspect. Amy and Steve Betchel had been married for a little more than a year. Both loved the outdoors. It was running for Amy and climbing for Steve. They moved to Lander because its rugged terrain made it perfect for a, uh, made it a perfect training ground. Whatever that means. I guess, what are they training for? Are they training for uh, a, um, a pentathlon, you know, one of those, like, cross-country uh, contests or whatever, competitions? Like I, I think, I think, they, were, I think they were just trying to say, like, you know, it's like having your own personal gym in your backyard, you know. Oh, like, okay. there, there's plenty of all things right. to climb and places to run yeah. and jog and all that. So, July 24th was a typical day for Amy and Steve. Steve was going rock climbing with a friend. Amy had a long list of errands that day. Call the phone company, get the gas turned on, buy home insurance. Once these tasks were done, she would reward herself by planning a route for a 10K mountain run. 10K mountain run? 
That's that's what you do on your for fun. Uh, that does not sound people. fun to me, but I could no, be wrong. Ten k. But I mean, it's it's different. You know, everyone's different. But I mean, that just sounds like a lot of work to me. A lot. Because it's 10K. Well, I mean, you and I aren't exactly the pictures of health either, so... No, we're not. But it's still <laughs> 10K. <laughs> Even for people who are in good health, like, that's a... That's a... It's a, it's a long run. So, when Steve returned from his all-day climbing trip, Amy wasn't home yet. Steve's friend, Todd Skinner, recalled his exchange with Steve. We were just talking casually, and he asked about Amy, and I said, I don't know. Last time I saw her, uh, she was okay. Uh, around 8.15 p.m., Steve stopped in to see Todd and his wife. He told them that Amy still wasn't home. Todd recalls that Steve seemed cool. He wasn't panicking by any means because it was still light and still, you know, she could have been out doing something. It was not an unor unordinary day for Amy. So concerned, uh, Todd and his wife, uh, Amy, uh, set out uh, to search the roads where uh, Amy Betchel uh, most likely went running. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. So, uh, hey, unsolved.com, you might want to re-edit this. Uh, how the heck is Todd and his... his how are they going to search for... Are they going to search for Amy? How is Amy going to search for herself? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Steve saved, stayed behind, hoping his wife would call. Uh, at around 1 a.m., Todd and Amy... Uh, oh, my God. Uh, is, maybe is, his is, wife's uh, also named Amy. I don't know. Yeah, maybe that's it. It's got, they couldn't fuck up like that, like three or four times like that, you wouldn't think, <laughs> in the same article. Yeah. You wouldn't think. But, uh, yeah, you wouldn't think so. But I guess maybe it is. Maybe his wife is Amy. Like, what a confusing relationship that would be. Like, your friends... With Todd and Amy. I mean, it is you know, it is fucking and, and Wyoming. I imagine there's a lot of white yeah, women named Amy, Amy out there. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just saying, like, fuck, what a confusing... Would you be like, uh, oh, Amy. No, I mean, Amy 1, Amy 2, or, you know... I'm imagining... Your Amy, my Amy. <laughs> I'm imagining James Taylor does a lot of concerts in Wyoming. Let's say, you know, you were in front of a lot of people at a James Taylor concert in Wyoming, and you said, hey... All the women named Amy, raise your hand. I'm going to say in Wyoming, there's a lot of women who would raise their hand saying that they're Amy. It just seems like a very uh, Midwestern Rust Belt name. I don't know if Rust Belt's the right term, but I just feel cool saying Rust Belt. I, I'm not, I'm not going to make that assumption. But, uh, well, you know, you know I'll, I'll leave that to my right. co-host. Well, I always make the jackass <laughs> assumption, so it would, be, it would be weird if you did make that assumption because it'd be very unlike you. It's more of a, it's so, more of a Josh thing. So uh, Todd and Amy found Amy Betchel's car pulled off to the side of the road in an area where she might be expected to go for a run. Todd Skinner uh, recalled the discovery. We were relieved. It was like, oh man, we thought we found her. So I walked up completely expecting her to be in the car, but Amy wasn't in the car. On hearing the news, uh, Steve says he began to wonder if Amy hadn't injured herself on her run. Now, this particular quote here made me pause because he's talking about oh you know i expected the worst you know i thought maybe her her you know she might have uh twisted her ankles she might have gotten lost i'm like is that really the worst isn't the worst scenario when your wife goes missing that she's dead yeah not that she twisted her ankle yeah and she's like maybe unconscious in the woods somewhere 
Yeah, I, 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 I remember thinking that was... I think what he was trying to do in that statement is, like, I was expecting the worst, and then he named, you know, her twisting anchor, her ankle and stuff. I, I think he was trying to play it off as, that's, that's how far the worst is in my book. I wasn't even thinking about murder or, or okay. death. That's just how innocent I am in this, is that... But he didn't mention any of that. He didn't mention that. He just said, uh, I was expecting the worst and then said that's essentially what he thought the worst was. Right. I think I think it was just a subtle way for him to be like, I wasn't even thinking about murder. I, and when I was thinking like the worst, I was just thinking that she had twisted her ankle. Yeah. You know, I wasn't. Maybe he was just being naive. Because if he, if he had if he had said expecting the worst, we'd find her body with a bullet through her head. You know, then cops would be like, well, that's a weird thing to say. Yeah. Why would you be yeah, so specific? Yeah. So I think that's why he avoided making, you know, that yeah. kind of statement. That's that's a that's a that's a good explanation for that. I just still, I still thought the way that he set it up was a little yeah, weird. it was kind of kind of goofy, but he's a goofy uh, kind of guy. Not as go- not as goofy as the reenactor who played uh, his friend Todd, who's just the way that he was yelling for Amy. Amy, uh, Amy, <laughs> Amy. Yeah, <laughs> he was like screaming bloody murder for this chick. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah. you don't know she's dead yet. Chill out. <laughs> so Amy did not surface over the next 24 hours in the following days more than 500 people scoured a 20 mile radius and uh, in this segment uh, Unsolved Mysteries used the stock footage of the search party for I'm, I'm trying to remember what case that was was that the case with the, the boy uh, the, there was this rich it, his rich father was looking for him and uh, th- Maybe that was the the footage that they used because I know it's some old footage. Like this is a nineteen ninety nine ninety, you know, yeah, ninety nine because there was commercials in this uh, uh, episode that we watched, which I loved. By the way, I, I'm so glad they left the commercials in. I love watching old commercials <laughs> from the nineties. If you if if you love that, go check out the the YouTube channel eighties uh, commercial heaven or something. There's there's a really good. Uh, uh, YouTube channel that posts like tons of 80s and 90s commercials. Oh, hell yeah. Okay, I think you'll, you'll definitely be into that. Sweet, I will check it out. Um, But, yeah, you just type in 80s commercials and it the, the website should show, their channel should show up as one of the first searches. But anyway, um, this was apparently a, a segment that aired in 1999 and they were using search footage that was clearly from the 80s. Like, this is the clearly, this is the same search footage in the woods with all the different people with the hard hats and everything that was used for the 80s and 90s segments. Uh, the, the stock footage. Right. So apparently Unsolved Mysteries was still using stock footage at this point, which makes sense. I mean, it saves you money. I mean, I didn't, I didn't even, it, you know, I didn't even catch that. So they fooled me. But uh, I only pointed that out because uh, somebody actually mentioned that when in, in on one of the groups they were talking about like, hey, like that they keep using this stock footage like in, in numerous episodes. But I mean, that's they've used other stuff like, for instance, the stock footage of like when they're exhuming a grave. Right. Like, they've reused that footage numerous times. Stock footage is weird because you'll be watching something and. 
like I was watching a video on grunge today, which I think puts out horrible videos at YouTube channel grunge. Uh, they're, they're normally kind of like the Buzzfeed of rock music, but they're talking about mm -hmm. rush drummer, Neil Peart's wife and how she had, um, terminal cancer. And they just show this, um, just kind of random, like, like x-ray of like, I guess what, uh, cancer looks like in someone's back or something and i'm thinking to myself there ain't no way that they secured neil peart's wife's x-ray and are showing it, it's like so clearly this was some kind of stock footage but uh or stock photo yeah but it it, yeah. it, it helped illustrate i guess the points so, so mm -hmm. but it's still like it doesn't have anything to do it's just kind of creating it, it's telling the story but not in in, in like a super accurate it's, way yeah but it seems like with that bit of stock footage or that photo like that actually helped and, and it and it does help here with with uh the search you know to add in you know a little bit more uh to you know essentially to make the narration stand out more but uh, instead of just having Stack stand there and say, you know, they were searching and, and could find her. Um, but anyway, it's just it's the kind of stuff that Unsolved Mysteries fanboys and, and fangirls notice. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> most people are like, nerds! <laughs> yeah, totally. So anyway, after eight days, the massive search was called off. Not a single clue was recovered. In the aftermath, Fremont County Sheriff Dave King accused Steve of knowing much more than he was saying. We should have found Amy Betchel if she was a runner-up there and uh, uh, nothing else entered the picture. Uh, could she still be there? Yes, but given the circumstances, the lack of clues, I, I don't think she is. Steve Betchel reacted to Sheriff King's suspicions. I was pretty blown away, you know? And I turned to Dave and I was like, you know, Dave, what's going on here? This is not cool. Because this is actually, he said that at the point when he was brought in for questioning uh, into the police station. And they were asked, telling him, like, we have, you know, information, we have evidence that, that suggests that, you know, you, you could be a, a prime suspect. You could be a suspect in, in, in uh, Amy's disappearance. You want to tell us more about that? And then the, the, the sheriff asked uh, Steve to take a polygraph test. And Steve asked for legal counsel, which was honestly the smart thing to do at that point, because uh, the guys say, look, if you take a polygraph test, we'll get this cleared up right now. And I was like, wait a minute, you know, if you guys are accusing me of something I didn't do, I'm going to want to talk to legal counsel here. And then he then his attorney, uh, Kent Spence, is interviewed and he says, I wouldn't let any client take a lie detector test. They're completely inaccurate. They come in about one-third of the time as a false positive, and it would be a terrible injustice to Steve if he fell within that one-third false positive and it was used wrongly against him. And he's right. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, you know, Steve struck me as kind of like a, you know, kind of a a nervous kind of dude. Like, he, he seemed yeah. like kind of a more of a introspective, kind of like thinky person. Introvert. And, and, and I think people like that, cause I, I, you know, believe it or not how dumb I come across on here sometimes, I kind of consider myself as one of those kind of people and people like that tend to worry a lot. And yeah, I mean, I wouldn't take a lie detector test, even if I knew I was innocent, because I don't know 
And I know some people, some longtime listeners are going to be like, oh, you fucking hypocrite. You're dissing Mike Morris this whole time for not wanting to take a lie detector test. But Mike, Mike was different because his face fucking annoyed the hell out of me. Well, also, he made all these excuses for why. Yeah, there were, he, had, he, he had like he phone records where he like called some fucking anyway. And, and he made all these excuses about his medication and all of that. Like, for instance, if it's just the, the, the fact that you know you're innocent and you're just like, you don't want to take that risk of you testing positive, you know, even though you are telling the truth, which it can happen with these lie detector tests. Yeah, I like... And you don't want to give them extra ammunition against you if you're considered a suspect. Now, with Mike Morris, he had all these... He had... There was more that was mentioned in that case that made him sound like a legitimate suspect. So... And there was a lot of stuff that made you like, "Eh, I don't know about him. So when he goes out, I was like, I'm not going to take this lie detector test, you know, and then he, he... talks about his medication or whatever it it sounded like he was trying to hide something more so than what steve is doing here where he's like i i just yeah like if my if mike morris had just kind of straight up been like you know yeah if you guys are thinking considering me a suspect and you're wanting me to take a slide detector test um you know and again uh basically all a lie detector test is if you happen to pass it then the cops kind of get off your ass a little more but it's it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed no. that they're going to leave you alone. No. But if you fail the lie detector test, even though it can't be used in court, it basically gives cops a right to fuck with you. Uh, yeah. You become more. Uh, you maybe you change from a person of interest to a suspect at that point. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not an official capacity that you officially become a suspect, maybe in the cops' minds, like he's the husband. You know, he's the closest to her. She goes missing. He failed the polygraph. You know, it's just like, we're going to yeah. fuck with you, man. We're going to fuck with mm-hmm. you. Like, we, you are who we're interested in now. You know, and I think I think that's... I So I, I could... But then, of course, it's kind of a lose-lose situation because then they're going to sit there and go, oh, well, why do you... Uh, you know, innocent people, which is something I've heard a lot. You know, innocent people don't need attorneys. They don't need... Bullshit. Bullshit! If you're yeah, dealing bullshit. with the police, it, you yeah. you need you need representation. Absolutely, we've, we've seen we've seen these cases. Uh, you know the final appeal cases on this show, like bullshit. No, oh, yeah, no. I want an attorney. No, I don't trust. <laughs> I don't trust the, the the police for the most part. I mean, if if it's if I'm calling them for something basic, you know, yeah, fine, whatever. I called the cops whenever my car got broken into or whatever. That's fine. But if I'm like. If I'm I trust a, him with finding my wallet like the guy did in Oklahoma City. Yeah, if so, it's something you know, small like that, that kind of like stuff. that's one thing. But if it's like something like this, like a murder, uh, or, or, or I mean, I still trust them for the most part, but I'm still going to take, you know, my precautions because you never know. Right. I mean, it just it just depends on how close you are to the situation and how mm-hmm. much you feel like they're going to want to fuck with you. Yeah. You know, so. Being stuck at home these days, you probably don't think much about internet privacy on your own home network. Fire up incognito mode in your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, your online activity can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've ever visited. That's why, even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your ISP 
can't see what sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is rerouted through ExpressVPN secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. So protect your online activity today with the VPN that I trust to secure my privacy. Visit my special link at expressvpn.com slash UUM and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's express, E-X-P-R-E-S-S, vpn.com slash UUM expressvpn.com slash UUM to learn more. So, uh, deputies actually uh, searched Steve and Amy's home because they got a warrant. They got a warrant to search his home, and among the items they confiscated were a series of journals that Steve had been keeping since high school. Uh, Apparently, Sheriff King found some of the writings incriminating. There were writings about power and death, some about killing people. Okay, what's the context of these writings? See, these the sheriff... And, and 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 unsolved mysteries didn't provide any of the context of these writings. They're just saying these things that are honestly a little inflammatory about Steve. You know, saying like, oh, about power and death, about killing people. What if it was just some of his fucking like Conan the Barbarian ripoff fantasy? <laughs> like, how is that? Oh, he's talking about killing people with a broadsword. Like, how is that actually? You know, incriminating. Yeah, this is not a, you know, A plus B equals C type situation. This is not because uh, he wrote these things. It was in high school. <laughs> yeah, because he wrote these things in his in his, in his journal or whatever, and his wife mis- is missing, that can only mean, you know, he did it. Like, that yeah. faulty... This is, the kind of, this is the kind of shit that gets the West Memphis 3... In trouble, You're, yeah. People like yeah. that, right? Yeah, the, it's it's faulty police work, or shoddy, I should say. Yeah, lazy. Um, Amy's brother Nell Rowe told the sheriff about one night when Amy and Steve were over for dinner. Nell noticed that Amy was bruised. Amy made a joke saying that Steve can get a little rough sometimes. Nell found Amy's reaction odd. Amy just laughed it off, would not look me in the eye, and I said that's not a normal reaction, particularly for Amy. Well. Th- you're not Amy, for one. And yes, I know you're related and you have a relationship, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you know everything about her and you know exactly how she's going to react in any situation. Also, they could have easily just got rough. It happens sometimes. Yeah, I mean, me and me and uh, Stephanie, my <sighs> bandmate, uh, we horse around all the time. Every time she comes over, we end up horsing around. And, you know... You wrestle. Yeah, you wrestle and shit like that, like you would with your fucking brother. And yeah, sometimes you'll leave a bruise. It's not an abusive, angry, I'm hitting you thing, but it doesn't help that her she has paper-thin skin and her little blood vessels are as delicate as fucking those little bubble pop things that you get in the mail or whatever. Oh, no. Uh, so oh, she bruises no. very easily, but I mean... <laughs> And then, and then, then you get into like the whole sexual aspect of it. Like, well, maybe they are getting it on, and it just depends on where the bruise is. And I don't know. I, that doesn't. It, 
I don't know, like, cause, cause now you start to sound like a wife beater sympathizer. She could have, she could have also maybe injured it doing uh, a running or doing some other thing, and she doesn't want to talk about it because you know, it's a little embarrassing. Maybe she tripped over herself and hurt herself. Maybe she doesn't want to talk about that. I mean, there's a possibility of that, but I mean, I understand how some people can look at it. Oh, you're just like making an excuse for wife beating. It's like I need to know the more context. I need more proof. I need more evidence. Yeah. I'm not just going to automatically assume that because a woman has a bruise on her that she w- that it was the result of uh, abuse. Like that's just my personal viewpoint of it. Um, I don't think that's a good thing to do to just automatically assume that any time something like that happens that it's a sign of abuse. And I get why you know Nell, the brother, would have to or, or yeah. would feel the need to like, hey, you know, just mm-hmm. just an FYI, this is a story, you know, this is something that happened, you know, that I thought was a little weird or whatever. Like, I get that. Yeah. Um, is there a, is there a long history of that? Right. Like, if we get to the point where it's like, okay, you know, yeah, you know, I've you know, there's been multiple times I've seen Amy and she's had bruises and. And she just says it's just a result of, you know, Steve being rough. You know, then it'd be like, okay, there was multiple instances of of this uh, type of injury, you know. But uh, Yeah, I don't know. One time, I don't know. I, my whole thing, too, is like, I just, I just feel like it's none of my business, honestly. Yeah, like, if, if there's like a relationship and there's like... I suspect there there might be some violence going on. Like, I just feel like it's not my place to step in. You could be wrong too, right? Well, that's you the could thing. Be way off. Yeah, you could be wrong. The uh, you know, it, the, and that's like a really that's a whopper to put out there if it ain't true. Like that that you know, oh Johnny's a, a wife beater. You know, like that's a big it's a big. Uh, that's right up there with like pedophiles. Yeah, and stuff yeah. Like when that. they're not you know, those kind of accusations. Yeah, Keemstar. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, deep YouTube cut there. If you're in- God, that whole drama between him and H three is just ridiculous at this point. I think both of them are, are honestly, you know, yeah. Probably we, we, we can we can get yeah. It's a whole another can of worms. <laughs> but yeah, I don't. I just feel like it's not my business. And then I feel like at the end of the day, like everyone has their own uh, free will. And, you know, we can get into the whole, like, mental manipulation tactics that men use and the whole threats to, you know, to kill people's families and blah, blah, blah. But, it, but I just feel like that's kind of, like, it's... Let's not make bold assumptions. It's, you know, let's not assume that people are guilty until they're proven innocent. Well, I, I believe be it's the woman has a choice in the, in, the, in, the, in the matter. Yeah, I don't believe it's up yes. to me, to an outside party... To butt my nose into another relationship and be like, yeah, be a white knight and do the whole yeah, thing. Where it's, it's like just, you know, you why are you with him? Like he's abusive. Yeah, he I just you like don't shit. Feel you like, could be with me. I don't, well, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I would never like do that. You're just not to, gonna do like that. Uh, what is it? That song by uh, oh uh, fuck, uh, uh, Red, Sean Mendez. Oh, I was gonna say Red Jumpsuit. The Do you feel like a man as you push her around? <laughs> yeah, there's that one, but the the one with uh, uh, Sean Mendez. I don't know. I don't. That's such a such a. That, what is it? Band Aid or that something? Stitches. Stitches. Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, since I'm not, I, oh, I, since I haven't <laughs> been DJing for the past few months, thankfully I haven't had to hear the god awful. That one's so bad. It's such a bad. I, ha- I haven't had to hear the god awful pops like top forty pop songs since I've been out of work. <laughs> so I'm very, that I am thankful for. But everything else, I you know, sucks. 
Yeah. So anyway, um, get back to this uh, case. Deputies also found a camper who claimed that on the day that Amy disappeared, she had seen a blue pickup truck driving fast on the mountain close to where Amy's car was found. A man was at the wheel with a blonde woman in the passenger seat. Okay, that doesn't necessarily mean that it was was uh, Steve and his wife, but okay. The next day, the camper saw the same truck at the search site. When police showed her a picture of Steve Betchell's truck, she identified it as the same one that she had seen. Uh, Sheriff David King summed up the case against Steve Betchell. Statistically, he did it. The first person we have to eliminate in a case where there may be foul play involved is one disappearance, and one's disappearance is the person closest to that person. Yeah, that's true. I mean, statistically, right. yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you know he he actually did do it. I mean, saying statistically he did it, it's a little bit bit much. Saying statistically he may have done it. Now he might have, you know, that kind of thing. It seems a little too incriminating, if you ask me, from a police officer's from a sheriff perspective. But uh, sheriff's investigators also believe that there were there were incriminating gaps in Steve's activities that day, time when he could have harmed his wife. But Todd Skinner's wife, Amy, doesn't see how Steve could have had the opportunity to be involved with Amy's disappearance. He was with people all after that afternoon and evening, so I don't have any question about that. He just didn't have the time. However, according to phone records, Steve made a call from his house at 4.43 that afternoon. That's about the same time the camper saw... Uh, what she alleged was his truck on the mountain road, a 45-minute drive from the Betchel's home. Okay, well, if it happened at 4.43, around the same time, and he was at his house, that's another thing that shows that that probably wasn't him in that truck at that time. How the hell is he going to get there? He doesn't have teleportation powers. He can't teleport himself in his vehicle over there. And cell phones weren't really... Uh, I don't think they were really necessarily... Well, they were around, but it wasn't as common as it is you, you couldn't get you couldn't get like a high quality like usable photo from a cell phone for you know anything no. like this for at least until like i don't know like the 2010s yeah before that they were so awful. a 45 minute drive from the betchel's home investigators also believe steve journal showed a desire for power and control that may have led to murder uh, what what are those journals what's the context of them Todd Skinner strongly disagreed. He says the writings were taken out of context. Yeah. In order to make Steve look more capable of the crime. A psychologist can read anything into any writing that you can ever wish to be put in there. And to me, I've never seen more innocuous writing taken out of context more heavily to, you know, to a worse result. Like, you could have been, like, in high school, he's getting bullied, and he could have been like, I want to beat their ass. I want to, you know, punch them and kick them or what if know. it's lyrics to like a, a song yeah. or a poem or something and yeah. you know i mean you're allowed you're fucking too. allowed to have dark thoughts people i mean i have them all i'm having some right now towards mike you know and it's fine you know <laughs> will i act on them i don't know but why is because it just it taking too long <laughs> oh i don't know i just just uh just kind of random acts of violence you know uh, you hurt I'm, you I'm, you uh, hurt the multiple Good thing I'm multiple uh, miles away. <laughs> oh, don't tease me, Mike. You hurt the ones you love, don't you? Don't you? That's that's how it works. Uh, statistically, yes. According to that sheriff, that's that's exactly what happens. Yeah. Um. So seven years after she disappeared, Steve had Amy cl- declared dead. He has since remarried. I don't feel like going in and getting attacked is going to solve any problems. I feel like you know I went in, I went and I tried to work with Dave and it didn't work out. And, you know, things need to get solved a different way now. 
So the community of Lander, Wyoming, is still divided over whether Steve Betchel murdered his wife. Steve believes a stranger could have kidnapped her or a motorist could have accidentally struck Amy and in a panic disposed of her body. Amy's family is not convinced. They They still want Steve to take a polygraph test. So what do you think happened? I have no idea. Uh, well, okay, this is what I think happened, actually. I, I, I do have an idea. Uh, the friend found her car. She wasn't there. I think she went to go on a run or, or whatever she was going to do. And I think somebody, uh, you know, somebody picked her up and took her away. I mean, the cops were saying it didn't even, mm-hmm. it didn't even appear as though she had been uh, in, in, the, in the area where she was supposed to have been. Like, she was never even there. So I think someone picked her up, yeah. took her away, murdered her, hit th- disposed of the body, yeah. and the, the remains will be found eventually, or maybe not. But So apparently, uh, in June 2003, a watch believed to be Amy's was found in the middle fork of the Popo Agle River. Some bones were found near, near it, but were later found to be from an animal. Police have not been able to determine if the watch was indeed hers. She was declared legally dead, like we mentioned. Uh, more recently, Dale Wayne Eaton, Lisa Marie Kimmel's murderer, who was, I think she was featured on, on, on Salt Mysteries, has also been named a suspect in Amy's disappearance and the Great Basin murders, which occurred in the late 1980s and early 1990s. According to his brother, he was in the Lander area on the day that she vanished. He was also known to camp in the area where her car was found. However, neither he or, nor Steve have been charged in her disappearance. It is also worth noting that Eaton's mental health is allegedly diminished while on death row and may never reveal if he's responsible for other crimes. Sadly, Amy and Steve's friend Todd died in a climbing accident. Damn. In 2006. Uh, her father, Dwayne, also passed away in 2001. Oh, that sucks. There's a possibility that it was Dale Wayne Eaton then. I mean, it just fits his MO. He's there. I think it's more likely that it's a, someone, a spree killer or serial killer like Dale or or just some random assailant or, or, or killer than it is uh, to me that it's Steve. Because the evidence is, is, is so flimsy to me. I, I, I just don't. And then there's a lot of contradictory stuff like he's calling his, you know, from his home around the same time the supposed witness saw him and his wife in that car and I mean in the truck. And then, you know, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't... If the only thing you have is his potentially disturbing writings, he journals he wrote when he was a high school student, that that's that's nothing. It's nothing to me. Right. Yeah, I don't... No, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't... I don't think Steve did it. I think, I think, you know, it, ha- it was some other, you know, killer who, you know, like the guy who happened to be in that area and... Uh, yeah, that's what I think happened. So mm-hmm. now with the the next case, though, I this one it's unsolved, but it it, it sh- I think it's cut and dry. Who actually did it? But, yeah, um, I, I think we should probably only just do this next case and call. And that's fine. We could we can we can save yeah. that other one because I I'm sorry I'm getting pretty hungry. Already an so. hour twenty, <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm gonna be hungry too. Well, no, I'm I'm fine. I'm just I don't I don't feel like doing this for dragging this out for three no, hours. No, I, I I get it. I get it. Stop yelling at me, Mike! Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! We can save we can save the ghost for for later. 
we'll All right, so the next case we're going to talk about is that of Jason Artis. I remember this case from the Ultimate Collection box set. Um, this was a case of a young man being uh, murdered in uh, Tijuana, Mexico. So let's get into it. Tijuana is one of Mexico's most popular border towns for college students looking for fun at bargain rates. But a good time here can cost you your life. August 1st, 1998, 1.30 a.m., Stephen Thomas was looking for his 20-year-old brother, Jason, in the crowds of partiers. They had become separated while heading back to their car. An hour and a half after Jason disappeared, a Tijuana police officer discovered his battered body in the road. Jason's aunt, Tina Martin-Smith, thinks she knows what happens. Quote, Jason was drinking and he was loud and obnoxious and maybe out of control. That night, I believe that Jason was murdered by the Tijuana police. Jason Artis, Artis sorry, was attending college in Los Angeles. He brought his younger brother, Stephen, out for a visit and a good time south of the border. Saturday night, the, man, the main drag was packed. For many, the loose drinking laws here were the biggest attraction. About 9 p.m., Jason, Steve, and their friend Michael... Uh, Michael Justin started bar hopping, hitting places that offered all you can drink for less than $5. Jesus Christ. That is cheap, even for the late 90s. Jason was usually friendly, but he had a reputation as a rowdy drinker. Oh, God, I hate people like that. People who are like, like, they completely, their personality completely changes when they get drunk. Like, I can't stand. Yeah, I mean, uh, because there's a lot of instances like that. That's where you get, like, the angry drunk or... The you know the had the what what's but the thing is I think it depends on how their personality changes, you know. Do do that? Are they a happy drunk? Are they an angry drunk? Like for, for instance, I've gotten to the point where would you prefer a happy drunk over an angry drunk? I mean, I would prefer. A I was happy just about drunk. to say both of them get on my goddamn nerves at this point because I've dealt with I've dealt with both now. Happy drunks annoy me. Angry drunks are like also annoying but can also be scary at least happy drunks only annoy me they're not scary yeah um happy drunks aren't gonna get in a fight with uh, a bunch of samoans and and you know get wrestled to the ground and and thrown out of a bar no but they might knock over your <laughs> fucking dj equipment and laugh about it as they walk away with their girlfriends oh uh, yeah yeah okay yeah. Yeah. yeah that's that's how the happy drunk can be annoying anyway Getting back to this here. Jason didn't want... Oh, wait. About 9 p.m., Jason, Steve, and their friend Michael Justin started bar hopping, blah, 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 uh, for $5 all you can drink. Jason was usually friendly, be rowdy drinker. That night, he was already a little intoxicated and didn't realize that the tequila shots that this very animated Mexican gentleman with a whistle was just dumping in people's mouths yeah. in the reenactment, which I thought was fucking hilarious. He's just like yeah. blowing on his whistle like, bree, 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 bree. like just, it was like this big funnel, just like funneling it into people's mouths. Yeah. And then he's like, uh, that's, that's going to be $12. And, and yeah, he's like, that's $12. And instantly Jason was like, what? Fuck that, man. Fuck you. I ain't paying that, you know. And, and then, like, his, uh, then, uh, his, his friend is like, his friend's hey, man, like, come hey, on. Hey, man, let's like, let's get out of here. Just give him the money. And, uh, <laughs> is, uh, Michael Justin was quoted as saying, Jason didn't want to give up the money. So I just said, Jason, give him the money. Just give him the money. Let's get out of here. 
Jason and Steven left Michael at the bar and went back to the strip. Jason's brother Steven recalls what happened next. My strategy was to hurry up and find the car so we can sit down. We're kind of drunk, you know what I'm saying? Walk, uh, kind of. Walking around <laughs> Tijuana, we were walking down the street, and that's when my brother accidentally bumped into a female officer. The officer seemed to be offended and made Jason get on his knees. Eventually, the police let him go because his brother was going, Hey, we don't have any money, man. You know, we're sorry, blah, blah, blah. Steven says he tried to get his brother to move on as quickly as possible. Quote, I told him, walk behind me. Come on, let's hurry up and find this car. He was like three or four yards behind me at first. That's when I... And you know when you're plastered, when like your 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 buddy is like, hey, walk behind me, you know, not walk with me. Yeah. Walk behind me. So he goes on to I'm say... I'm going to go far ahead to, to look for the car. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to hope that you're still going to be walking behind me because I can't carry your ass and, and you know we can't <laughs> right <laughs> so anyway he goes on to say uh that's when i walked up some more to another block i looked to the right and i looked behind me and my brother wasn't there my first reaction was probably that he's sitting down on a curb somewhere or sitting up against a building anything like that soon after steven lost sight of jason michael claims that he spotted him in the back of a police car i looked and i said what is he doing in the back of a police car they were the last people I saw Jason with. I saw Jason with my own eyes in the back of a in the back of a police car, like I know my hand. I mean, I, th- I think the expression there was supposed to be like the back of I know that like the back of my hand, not the back. Of but my he own just hand, he just yeah. said like I know my hand, which mm-hmm. sounds like he's a chronic masturbator to me. <laughs> oh my God. Like like he knows his hand in the biblical sense. Well, there's a lot of people who know their hands. Uh, I mean, right I'm, you know, very intimate. You could put me in that category. I would more, more intimately than and probably uh, before. You know, or, three or four or times a day, into, or uh, sometimes five. Yeah. You know, go through, you know, a lot of lotion, tissues. It's a big expense <laughs> for me. I uh, have all the premium subscriptions to all uh, the best websites. Why do, you, why do you need premium subscriptions? Um, you, you get to see, um, you get to see them, you know, do just normal household things that you don't normally get to see. Like you get to see them <laughs> like, um, you know, take, taking a dump for instance. No, I know actually that would be one of the porn categories that someone would probably be into. This is getting off the rails fast. So let me go back to the story here and stop talking about other things. Um, Michael and Steven never saw Jason again. Jason's family was shocked when two days later the American consulate sent word that he was dead. Tijuana authorities told Jason's family that he must have gotten lost trying to get back to the border. They called it a tragic hit-and-run accident, but Stephen doubts that story. I believe that it has something to do with the police. I feel that for a fact. After Michael told me that he'd seen my brother in the back of a police car, there's got to be something up there. Tijuana police deny the allegation. Robert San- Roberto Sanchez from the Public Safety Department of Tijuana claims Jason was never in custody. We check and double check almost the whole month of August, and there's no detention with that name. Sometimes it happens that they miswrite the name in our computer, so we run it with their three names. We found nothing. Jason's family obtained a copy of the autopsy report through the American consulate and had it translated into English. Jason's aunt, Tina Martin, was not convinced. 
Nothing was adding up. First of all, they stated that Jason was hit by a car, and we had these conflicting things. We had the photos of him with no injuries to his lower extremities, with these unexplained five-inch marks all over his body and chest area and his face. Unsolved Mysteries asked three forensic pathologists to review the report. One agreed with the hit-and-run finding. The other two, however, questioned the official results. Dr. Jacob Turner was one of the pathologists. I would be very skeptical of the autopsy findings and the assertion that this was simply a hit-and-run accident. One has to apply a high degree of skepticism to the entire autopsy, in my view. For instance, the Tijuana coroner claimed the car had hit Jason so hard in the chest that it ruptured his heart, Dr. Turner. That's a little... Yeah, Dr. Turner doesn't think that this was the case. In order for a blunt blow to get through the sternum and rupture the heart, it would have to virtually crush the chest. And it's quite evident from the autopsy that the chest is not badly mashed. There are no bruises on it. There are no big hematomas. So that becomes incredible. The autopsy report becomes incredible. Now, Incredible bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Now, now, before you think this man is a racist and he's saying it was incredible that he died that way. No, he's meaning incredible as in that's crazy. That's ridiculous. It is because you would have the sternum would have to be crushed. Dr. Turner. The chest would have to be crushed in order for that to happen. Dr. Turner is also of the opinion that Jason's head wounds were similar to those caused by a beating Certainly, the lesions around the head and skull, which were severe, are certainly, and certainly is a word I like saying a lot because it makes me sound smarter and like I have a larger member than what I actually have, they are certainly consistent with the butt of a rifle or any other sharp or even blunt object that could be used on an individual. Jason's aunt, Tina, agrees with Dr. Turner's assessment. I believe that he was beaten, and after he was beaten, perhaps in an attempt to destroy the evidence, they perhaps ran over and or drug him. And I believe that when he was run over, he was already dead. Tijuana authorities say the case is still under investigation, but they also say they believe that Jason's family may be overreacting, according to Roberto Sanchez of the Public Safety Department of Tijuana. We have had responses from the families in conflict with the autopsy and the statement from our department. Even sometimes where there are witnesses of an accident and there is a driver responsible for the accident, there have been some families stating that they are not accepting that was an accident. Watch this case now on Amazon Prime in Season 10 with Robert Stack. And Season (laughs) 1 with Dennis Farina. (sighs) Yeah, so that is the case of uh, Jason... Artists, yeah. I think the I think the um, popo in Mexico beat the shit out of him. So there, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think that's what happened. Um, there's a lot of conflicting reports in terms of the autopsy uh, that don't really match the hit and run theory uh, or explanation for his death. Like the incredible assertion that his heart exploded. When he got hit by the car, no, that the chances of that happening are. I would, I would, I don't even think they're slim. I think it's honestly pretty, for the most part, impossible for that to happen without the chest getting crushed by by the impact. Um, then you have all the other different marks on his body that don't really tie in with that. You also have the whole sort of he bumped into a police officer. Um, 
So then there's some comments here. So uh, in the military, we would party there all the time. We all knew that you would stay together and to take and hide extra money. The police were paid next to nothing would and would and did take money from the gringos. You did not fight down there at all. We watched out for each other if someone got too drunk. Another Marine in our unit did get arrested because he did not have enough money and got loud with the police. They beat the crap out of him in jail. His face was so swollen that he could not see. He, they claimed he was intoxicated and had been fighting when they found him. They claimed the injuries were not the result of their doing. He can't remember what happened in jail, but it was not like that. He was not like that when they took him away. Don't get drunk in Tijuana without a payoff to the police. Uh, then you have Oscar Beltran, who is of, of Mexican descent, leaves another comment on this uh, uh, case. Uh, as myself being of Mexican descent, Mexico is a very dangerous country, country full of crime and corrupt people. I haven't been in 30 years, and I speak the language and have family down there. Truth is, those people take it to heart when citizens of the U.S. go down there and act, act obnoxious and or think they can treat the Mexican people like they're less. Not saying that this was the case, but it has been cases like that. I truly feel sorry and embarrassed for these nightmarish accounts. Heart goes out to the family. If you go to Mexico, be accompanied by a local. Go, don't go alone and don't act a fool. Mexico is not the Mexico from the 80s. They'll disappear you in a blink of an eye. Yeah, and then there was somebody talking about, uh, uh, woo. Hmm. Talking about, like, raping. So I was in Tijuana in 1998. My friend and I were in a bar about, uh, 2 p.m. on the strip. Bay was trying to get us drunk, similar to Jason. Mariachi said, thought we were drunk. I was 22, completely sober, because I was in an unfamiliar territory. Then Mariachi said, play X amount of songs for us, which was not true. They demanded a large amount. We gave them everything we had and left. We walked out of the bar, out of the bar, out of the strip, and they whistled for police. Police said if I didn't pay them as well as the mariachis, they would beat my friend and rape me. I had a thousand dollars in my bra, and I gave them whatever was in my pocket. I don't know how it was to, how I, I talked us out of it, but we got let go. They are shady as hell. Sounds pretty shady to me. Um, definitely do not. I guess don't get drunk in Tijuana without. You know? I have no, and this is nothing against like this, uh, this is nothing against like Mexico or the Mexican people or anything. I I have zero desire to go to Mexico. I've never, I've never. I don't want to go to Mexico either. I never Just, thought it was all that interesting. I here's here's the only reason why. Okay, I would like to go to see like the Mayan temples or something. Like if I'm gonna go to Mexico, I'd like to go check out you know, museums or, you know, art or something like that. That's what, that's the only reason why I'd like to go to Mexico is, is to, to see some of the, uh, leftovers from the ancient world. I don't even care about that. Like there's so many other things yeah. in the world I'd rather see like Me Mexico. Like, yeah, I mean, but, but I mean, that's like, there's a lot of South American countries. I just don't, yeah. you know, it just South America and just in, 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 you know, Mexico and all crazy. that. It just doesn't, kinda, this, doesn't this do anything case, for me. Though, it just it just definitely makes you not want to get drunk in Mexico, that's for sure. <laughs> Which is what a lot of why a lot of people go to Mexico. They go to Tijuana to get drunk. It also raises some interesting theories. Like, is there like a uh conspiracy going on? Not necessarily a conspiracy, but is there like a connection with the mariachis and the bartenders and the Mexican police? Do they pay each other off? You know? Oh, oh! Are the police there corrupt? Uh, no, uh, that's not really a mystery. That's pretty well, yeah. much a proven. I'm just fact. saying: are, are, is there a con is, <laughs> is, is there a connection with you know everyone? 
Like, is it all, like, everyone's oh, all... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure. Especially in Tijuana, where they know all the Americans are going to be fucking stupidly coming down there. And, and, and don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not, I'm not sitting here acting like Mexico, the Mexican people in Tijuana were, were you know, just these, these shysters. You got the, I'm sure they deal with some jackass fucking vo- boisterous Americans that come up in there. Because American, uh, co- American college students who are only coming to a place because it's cheap, I imagine are not the most sophisticated individuals who know how to conduct themselves in a foreign country. You know, so there's that. So I'm sure, I'm sure they've had to deal with some jackasses oh, yeah. themselves. So it's kind of like a give and it's take. Not a there, case, you, you know? know. Whenever Josh says something, or whenever we say, honestly, whenever we say statements, we're not like everyone, like all Mexicans. You know, or 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 no. I mean, why would uh, why would you even have to make that disclaimer? I, mean, I, mean, I never even got some anywhere. Some people, some people do that. They just make that fucking assumption. Maybe. <laughs> Fuck them. I don't care anymore. He's <laughs> taking the Rambo 3 approach. It's like, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. All right, guys, that's the podcast. Um, if you want to follow us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You usually get the podcast early. Uh, or if you go to the $5 a month tier, you can uh, tell us what uh, we should do an episode on. You know, we'll do it on anything. We're whores at this point. Um, if you want to join our facebook fan group you can do so by going to facebook going to the group section typing in uncovering unexplained mysteries it's a dope ass group um and then finally if you want more me and michelle but you want us you know a little bit more separately not so togethery well you can do that by liking our individual youtube channel subscribing to us watching our videos mike's youtube channel is youtube.com slash ocp like is in the letters the letter o the letter c the letter p communications ocp communications and uh he's a movie guy uh, what was the last video that you did so there, Mike? The last Mike? video I posted was a review of the 2012 horror film The Woman in Black, which actually stars Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Harry Potter. Um, and I actually have a little cameo by my cat Olympus at the end of that video. So, Oh. And he's actually sitting right here. Oh, swoon. <laughs> All right, that's cool. So, uh... If you want to find me on YouTube and look at my video, you can go to uh, youtube.com slash dancing with ghosts. And that also happens to be the name of my band, Dancing with Ghosts. So go check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, Amazon Music, fucking Google Play. We're fucking everywhere. Just (laughs) got to sneeze. Hold on. But anyway, the last video that I did on my YouTube channel was crappy album art makes me sad. And it does, people. It really does. I I talk about just lazy album art or crappy album art, Um, but not like the obvious, super obvious stuff you might expect. Like you could like do a Google search of crappy album art. And a lot of the stuff that comes up are these like unknown bands and the album art is just completely ridiculous. And it's like... Part of me thinks that like there's no way that that this band was trying to be serious with this in the first place. But these are legitimate artists that I cover, like Lady Gaga, Kendrick Lamar, Jay-Z, just some album covers I put out that were just shitty, lazy, uninspired. So that was my last video. Go give that a watch. 
Um, yeah, and that's it. Until next time, have a good rest of your day. Bye! See ya. Now it's time for me to play you a new song from my band, Dancing with Ghosts. If you like the song, check us out on Spotify and like us on Facebook. Thank you very much. When can I see you? I can show you a really good time. When are you free again? Tell me what do you never reply. No, you can't be reasoned with. Too many questions can't take a hint. No, I don't want to write you back. Stop staring at me like that. I want to touch you. Am I making it perfectly clear? Don't you dare deny me. I just want you to leave me out.